Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. You're listening to an Airwave Media Podcast. Hey folks, it's your friend Mike White coming at you with a special bonus episode of The Projection Booth. I finally got to interview Pam Greer. Interviewed her about her latest movie called Bad Grannies. Not Rabid Grannies from Troma, but this is Bad Grannies. It is available now. Definitely check it out and check out this interview with Pam Greer, who in recent weeks they say they might have a biopic of Pam Greer coming out. Wouldn't that be awesome? All right, enjoy, and be sure to come back for our regularly scheduled episode right here, same bad time, same bad channel. What was that initial meeting like when you and Jack Hill finally got together? I had worked with Jack Hill on one of the prison movies for Roger Corman for tuition because I didn't know how to be an actor, and I had actually turned him down. And I said, no, my mom wants me to get a degree. i got to go to film school. No. They kept saying, well, you have this look, you know, from the heartland, from Colorado, my 995 Sears, Timberland hiking boots, and, you know, my I was a starving student. And um, I had a, a bad a experience. I had an attack, uh, very similar that's going on in Hollywood, and it was the, the third one. And it was a family friend, and I fought that person off. And I was just so fed up of being attacked that was prevalent in society, on college campuses, bases, all across the country. I just said, you know what, is that job still available? And that's when I had been prepared by working with Jack before, and now I had honed my skills and developed an audience. And Coffee was the film that really led me to the mainstream, if you will, of African-American pop culture. And it just gave me that first in the door to be a woman action uh, actor. And he had asked me in coffee, he said, well, who would be your heroine? Who would you want to 
walk in the shoes of this character and we'll give flesh around, you know, the community and, and uh, art direction and what the community would look like and the music and the people and the clothing wardrobe. I still to my mom. She was a, a, a community activist, a nurse who would take care of the community. And many, Sinbad, the comic, he lived uh, around the corners, Deadman Graham, Oprah Winfrey's love interest, he lived down the street. Roseanne Barr lived around the corner. Tim Allen lived in the area. And I just said, you know, it's my mom. She took care of people who couldn't afford to go to the hospital or the ambulance didn't come. And she was always in the kitchen taking care of someone. She was an ER nurse. And then in the middle of the night, she'd come home and there'd be, you know, someone knocking at the door. So she was always caring about that. And she got that from my grandfather, who was the first feminist in my life, who taught all those girls to hunt, fish, and shoot. He's from Wyoming. And his mom, my great-grandmother, owned a sugar beet farm in a hotel for the African-Americans and Chinese that worked uh, on the railroad, a la Blazing Saddle. So I got that independence from him, and it gave me the confidence to do the films to kind of be, go off into the world. I had been to the Philippines with Jack Hill, come back, and now I'm this lead, and I've got obligations, and I've got responsibilities, and I've got to hire a lot of people to get in the union, and I've got to open doors, and I've got so much, not thinking of this is what will happen by doing coffee successfully. And I had been prepared, and he was a great help, Jack Hill, Roger Corman and allowing me to hold my confidence as an actor, but my confidence as as a young woman to be able to go after people, what I saw with my mom, standing up to people. Uh, if she saw an injustice, she was there, how important it was to vote. Women weren't allowed to do so much. Women couldn't get into vet schools and architectural schools, and it caused my aunt, who was Foxy Brown, a lot of pain and discomfort because she so wanted to be an architect. And she could only, you know, clean clean the rooms, uh, the drafting rooms, and it was very frustrating to her. So with all of that, I brought to, to my work the empathy, and it was not just African-American, Women, but indigenous women and uh, women who were white and of all all races in our fa- in our community it was very diverse. We had Korean families, white families, German families, everybody. It did. Re- Colorado was quite diverse then, and still is even more so. Um, just everyone adored each other's culture because we brought something from other cultures to the film, and I wanted to show that in in Coffee and in Foxy Brown and Shiva Baby and, and uh, Friday Foster. And I, and I wanted to, it was the women's movement, so I wanted to be able to burn my bra in the movie. I burned all of them. <laughs> it was a women's movement, okay? self-sufficient and independent, and, and, not, and, and, and I walked into a man's shoes and confronted the bad guys, and that's when there was some political criticism from the conservatives, but it was a movement. It was going to happen. Women were going to not take away jobs or take away the shoes. We were just going to balance the movement, balance our society. When the men didn't come home from Vietnam, 
uh, or they were so wounded, the women had to get out and keep keep a roof over their heads to to use their degrees, get a degree to keep uh, paying the mortgage, to take care of their husbands. And and I have been recently in the last I would say decade doing a lot of speaking. I was given the Du Bois Award from Harvard. Um, for my community service, a, a Subaru sponsorship from the the automaker for my charities, dining out for life, and for uh, pilots and paws, women pilots who have their own plane come in. We airlift ten thousand animals to out of kill shelters to foster home and forever care. Um, women weren't allowed to be pilots back in the day when in the fifties, um, barely in the sixties. And there is, there is the now fast forward. There's so many women doing things because there was always one woman, not just me, but someone that said, I want to learn to fly a plane. You may not let me, but I'm going to learn. I'm going to be an architect. I'm going to learn. I'm going to be a vet. I'm going to learn. I can do it. This is what I want. And it, they had bumps in the roads and obstacles, but they kept moving forward. And, and there, we had a, my, one of my aunts was um, um, a caterer for a lot of the, the Jewish families in Denver. And there was this book called, the, uh, it was the Talmud. And uh, every blade of grass had an angel that says, it whispers over them, grow, grow, grow. And I put that in my book. And that's what I did. We all have an angel, someone that helps us, you know, builds our confidence that says you're brilliant, you're wonderful. And in children, all children, Lauren, the parents can't afford a book or breakfast, food, can't, can barely get them to school. They should be told that they're brilliant and wonderful and they're great. And it's a mantra. It's a mantra you tell yourself every day when you get up to shave and prepare for your work. You're, you're telling yourself you are confident, you are wonderful, you are great, you appreciate the job and the opportunity you have, and you'll do more in your share. And so that's what I brought to film, and with Jack Hill and Roger Corman and Sam Ackhoff of American International Films, they asked me, they allowed me, they did four. I had the only, I guess, woman uh, in Hollywood that had a four-picture deal. And I was able to pick and choose, but I wanted to grow. As a, I was always behind the cameras and the editing room. I was always encompassing the work, um, not just being in front of the camera, but behind the camera, and then look and, and invite uh, a crew member and women and filmmakers and costumers and just balance it because it was growing and there wasn't enough male crew members. There wasn't enough men to fulfill positions so women could step in. Were you in Beyond the Valley of the Dolls? I was barely in it. I was an extra. I was just standing around a part of a film student group watching when they needed more extras in a party scene. So they said, well, do you have any clothing? I said, no, not. I have jeans and these Sears boots. You know, they were nine ninety nine Timberland boots that most students wore, especially from Colorado, and a flannel shirt and a vest. And they said, well, do you, can we find something to put her in and to dress her, you know, fix her hair, and, and we'll give you $300. You'll sign it half heartily. I said, I'm a film student, all better than you'll get to see that. That's how I got in it. I was an extra. Okay, I have looked high and low for you. I'm going to have to look again, though, knowing that you're in there. 
a group of people at a party scene, and I'm just standing around with my hair done and makeup on. I didn't know how to put on makeup. I didn't. I didn't know what I was doing. I was. It was like these were actors. I wasn't an actor. I wanted to be a d- director of photography or a camera person. You know, crew. I didn't want to be in front of a camera because I didn't think everyone on camera was beautiful. And I didn't think I was beautiful. But I didn't know everyone on camera was beautiful because of makeup. You take the makeup off and you go, whoa, who are you? Like, wow. You know, so, yeah, when they put makeup on me, I became this other person that you can't find in, in the background. <laughs> Tell me, how did you come to Bad Grandmas? I was always looking for roles. Um uh, to show my age, to show my, you know, my gray hair, my age appropriateness, my tenure on the planet, all my experiences. And uh, when you put it out in the universe, with me it comes back. And here was this wonderful script. And I couldn't believe that I will be playing a grandma at 68. And, with, and I said, I, I want to use my gray hair. And they said, absolutely. I said, yes, because in Hollywood they don't revere actors with gray hair. You might see a guy with a little bit of gray, and, but everyone's in a time zone, a bubble. And in, in Europe and in, in Britain they show, uh, and Indian films, uh, Bollywood, their, their seniors have gray hair, like Judy Dench. Oh, I want to work with her. And Helen Mirren. And Helen Mirren played an assassin with her gray hair. And, it, it, and, and you know, she was fantastic. Here, you don't see it. it. You know, it's like there's no seniors. And so I wanted to do that. I wanted to take my audience and my fans on, on this wonderful ride. Everyone's going to be a grandma. And every grandma can be bad. Whoop your behind and keep you in line. And... I wanted to play my grandma, and who carried a, a pistol in her apron f- until she passed. And when they said, well, I said, well, who, who's playing opposite? Who's playing? They said, we're looking at Florence Henderson. I said, I work with Florence. I worked on the Hallmark Ladies of the House. I got to work with her. I said, I won't do it unless she does it. And they said, okay. And so she got the word, and she came aboard. And, and we were hysterical. We were separated at birth. You have the Brady Ma and Foxy Brown. Being back off, pick, kicking behind, it's wonderful. We never laughed so hard. We did a lot of ad-libbing. We did, we, my comedy chops, I was doing a lot of comedy because I love comedy. But you're too pretty to play comedy. And so get out of here. So I got to play my comedy, use my gray hair, you know, like extra clothing. I wanted to look like I'd had like seven children that I eat all the time. It was great. It was just great, and we had a ball. And Judge Reinhold was so generous; we got to beat him up. He let uh, the Brady Mom and Foxy Brown beat him up. It, it, it's about briefly uh, developers that take senior homes and put them in the street. You know, they deceive them, and we stand up. We stand up to them and try to get their homes back and take care of each other. That's what the seniors and women do. And I remember, you remember Cocoon with Wilford Brimley. And, and, and all the seniors that were were uh, jumping into a pool of, of, of Martian uh, cocoons that gave them youth, and, and you got to see all of these seniors with gray hair. That was that was a, a film that I remembered that everyone was aging and they got to show aging, and it was it was a wonderful comedy, a wonderful film. I wanted to do my cocoon or my arsenic and lace, if you will, with Cary Grant. And um, I wanted to do that uh, in a film with Whoopi Goldberg a, year, a long time ago. 
But her reps think, we don't want her to look old. We know she's just breaking. Go away. Okay, fine, whatever. So uh, anyway, I still do. I don't know if she'd want to do it today, but it'd be a riot. And I also wanted to do it on Broadway. But I wanted to show humanity, women's humanity, and that it's okay to age. We're all going to. And you can still be vibrant and sexual and loving and funny, and you can be an assassin. You can do all these things. You know, my mom's 88. She's, was, coffee was based on her. I'm taking her to see it, and she, Florence was supposed to come and stay with us for a week. She lives in Denver, but my mom was going to come out. We were just going to drink bourbon and, and shoot the breeze and talk about all our husbands. I had never married, but I got close. But they would, I would get a lot of earful from them. And um, Florence passed almost uh, Thanksgiving. It will be Thanksgiving um, this year. She'll be gone a year. And I miss her dearly, and I think everyone's just going to get to see her last film where she was so funny. She's so wonderful. I will give her an award. She's, she's just amazing. And the fact, I'm tearing up every time I talk about her because I, I miss her so much. We had such a good time. Because, you know, often people don't realize that, you know, I had this trajectory. There were, I had to deal with Jim Crow. And she had to deal with people who wouldn't allow her to work with black actresses. And we, we discussed that. And I said, well, we're going to make up for it now. We're going to have a ball. And so those are the things that represent our society that we overcame and we were able to be artists and share our craft. And, and so seeing us together will say a lot. Ms. Greer, I would ask you a thousand more questions if I had the time, but unfortunately I know that we're kind of limited tonight. Well, you get to ask me more. i got another movie coming out in the spring with Sybil Shepard and James Brolin. Oh, fantastic. Well, I would love to talk to you again. I'll be on the road again. Great, great. Well, uh, hopefully we can arrange that. I would really like that. Oh, we're going to do it. They're going to do it. All right. Cheers. So thank you so much for your time. I really appreciate this. Thank you for the invitation. And it was for Florence's uh, final film. But let me tell you, she left something so wonderful for all of us. And you can take your grandma and your mima and, and, and papas out to the movie this weekend, and they will absolutely have the best time. Make sure they have their oxygen with they're going to laugh so hard. Well, I won't say it's, it's on the air. I can't say what they might do. Well, I hope uh, the rest of the day goes well for you. Thank you again. If you wake up breathing, you're going to have a good day.